0: Hello, and welcome to Wallet Street, the podcast version. Um, I'm super excited because today's topic is, I think, a really important one, um, one that's been top of mind. So today we're talking about burning out, um, and I'm joined by my friend Jalpa, um, who's super awesome. And the reason I'm really excited to have her be this pati- the particular guest that I'm talking to about this topic with is because she and I have both, I think, experienced burnout in different phases. We've talked about it with each other a lot. And I know definitely in one phase where I was going through burnout, she was there for me. Um, and we we talked a lot about it with each other. So I'm super excited to have her on. Um, as a, I mean, as a disclaimer, I always talk, mention that like we're not here to give I'm not an investment, financial, legal, tax advisor, and we're not gonna be giving any advice here. Um, This podcast isn't really as relevant to that. Um, I know some of the more investment-related podcasts, it's a little more important to give that disclaimer. Um, But yeah, that's uh, what we're gonna be talking about today. And before we get going, um, Jalpa, just uh, if you wanna say hi, and I don't know if there's anything else you wanna add before we launch? I am
1: so excited. Uh, Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here, especially for a topic that's been so relevant to both Charlotte and I. So I'm really excited to talk about a little more and just have further questions on it.
0: Yeah, cool. So um, I think maybe I'll start with like a little bit why this uh, topic came up. I think one is obviously Mm -hmm. 2020 was a particularly, I would say crap year for a lot of us. And 2021, a little rough to to start out with, I think. Um, So it's, I think, been like a lot of, uh, burnout has been a topic that's come up a lot, I think, just in the culture. Um, And it's something just anecdotally, I feel like I've had a lot of conversations with friends and family about, about just being exhausted, being really kind of feeling depressed or low or struggling with um, different kind of emotional and mental health um, issues, And um, I think the other reason I wanted to bring it up is I read this book recently called Burnout. And I'm actually, I shouldn't say I've read it because I'm only halfway actually. So I've not fully (laughs) read the whole thing, but it's a book called Burnout and it's, um, I'll talk more about it later, but it just goes into, particularly for, um, the book is more targeted towards women or or people who identify as women or female. Um, But it really, I think, elicits some really important, science behind burnout and how it affects actually your physical body and like your, oh, that's the buzzing in my background is my laundry machine (laughs) because I'm multitasking. So sorry, listeners. Um, But anyway, so that's why I think we wanted to talk about it. And um, also I posted on the, my social, like my Instagram account, a question that I threw out to people about, hey, like, have you ever experienced burnout before? And just did a quick like, yes, no poll, and I'll say that about 100 people viewed it, and about a quarter responded, and out of everyone who responded, everyone wrote yes. Like, I didn't get one person who was like, no, I've oh never gosh. felt that. Um, now, maybe that's, you know, my data is biased, or it's not a really big sample size, but I think, you know, it feels like something that's common. So, I'll start blabbing and pause. I don't know, Jalpa, if you <laughs> have any thoughts there.
1: No, it's just, I think, a very relevant topic for 2020, um, especially I also left my job this year halfway through, just with everything going on and to help my family out primarily. And it's just been such an exhausted year that I was very looking forward to 2021, but it has been a rough start. Um, nevertheless, has been, or I'm being very positive and hopeful for the coming year, but it's just something this year or the past year, I've been just trying to take care of myself a little more, now being a little more excuse me, being a little more aware of the concept of burnout and just mental health in general. So I think I feel like I'm going to blab on, but we can continue on to the series of questions in terms of like defining burnout and what to do.
0: Yeah, I think, well, that's probably a good place to start is like, how would you define burnout? Because um, it's probably a little bit different for everyone. Um, but I don't know, what, what, what do you like, what does it mean to you? Or, or how have you experienced it?
1: So I think for me, as ignorant as this may sound, I don't think I knew about the concept until after or right end of business school and going into banking. That's when I realized like, hey, there's this concept and it's actually real, not just like myth as in, oh, you're tired or you're exhausted from lack of sleep. Uh, But the way I see it, and I haven't read the book right now, but I did uh, listen to the podcast that the authors did with Randy Brown, which I thought was really good. So I do want to pick up the book. But I like the way they described it, which was like this constant cycle of exhaustion and tiredness, that there's nothing you can do to make a difference. It's like day in and day out. It's literally sucking the life out of you and you don't know how to get out of it. And now like knowing that there's so many parts of my life looking back at it, especially there's this one phase where I was in a car accident about eight years ago and I was in physical therapy for two and a half years. Just... All of that became so real. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I was literally burnt out during so many of these times. And so like, when I go back to those times, for me, it's like really real. It's just this constant cycle of tiredness and exhaustion that I can't explain to anyone. Or uh, at the time, like at the same time, I feel like there's nothing I can personally do to get out of it. It's not like I want to be in it. I really love my life and I have amazing people around me that I really want to be part of it. But at the same time, like the fears my fate, like life that I've had, this is just been sucking the soul out of me. So I, I, I don't know if you have a different definition.
0: No, I think that's right on. I mean, similar. Um, I'll just note the the book that we keep talking about and and the guests that you mentioned on the podcast to name yeah. them. Their names are Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski, and they're actually sisters who wrote the book together. Um, and uh, I highly recommend picking it up if you haven't yet. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they they that. Um, Their definition in the book really spoke to me. Um, You know, they talk about kind of three components of it, Um, not to get too, I guess, academic, but first is like emotional exhaustion and like caring too much for too long and kind of getting stuck in an emotional tunnel. Um, And that's really resonated for me, particularly, um, I think, you know, dealing with some family issues and some family dynamics, like always trying to like fix or improve those and sometimes you just get like sick of dealing with it or you just get to like you just have to stop caring in a way to because it's just it was sucking like all the life out of me um i think the other components they talk about is depersonalization which Um, they Mm -hmm. define as like depletion of empathy or caring, which I don't know that I've experienced that facet of it as much, but the third one they talk about is like decreased sense of accomplishment and basically that nothing you do feels like it's going to make a difference. And I have for sure felt this a lot. Um, (laughs) you know, some of the burnout I've experienced has been more work related or during business school, um, which Jalpa, I should pause and say Jalp, and I both went to school to get business school together, um, which is where we met initially. And that definitely was a phase for me that I experienced a lot of that where I felt like nothing I did kind of made a difference. Um, and then same with like, just f- sometimes career wise, feeling like you're really trying to grow or um, expand in certain ways and just feeling like, you know, like, Kind of st- like I felt like almost like a rat on a treadmill where you're just like running in place, but you're like running really aggressively, but just like not going anywhere. Um, so, anyways, those I, I just felt like you said, I never really formalized or really knew what it was before I kind of read this book, but or like heard about it in the culture, which I think it started to emerge more of a thing in like recent years. But like looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, that was definitely a period of my life where I've that's exactly how I felt um a
1: creative and I think it would help so much and like if some of these topics were well talked about or like taught early on I I, like I know I would have dealt with it much differently now especially now that I know this thing is real I deal with it much differently than I just wish I'd known about it like in my early 20s or even during college and I think I would have been much better off as a person and I would have like mitigated some of the of following burnouts that happened later in life, so I completely agree, like I think this book or I haven't again not read the book, but even just like listening to the podcast, I definitely want to pick up the book. I like just want to be so much more cautious moving forward in life and pick up the signs early on and actually do something about it rather than going through that full cycle of it,
0: yeah, yeah, it's um you know now in retrospect, I feel like I can identify the symptoms of it better, yeah. But like in the moment, um, it's definitely hard. Like, I don't know if you've, like, if there's common threads that you've seen when you're, when you feel like you're going through that phase of burnout. Um, Are there like common symptoms or feelings that you have?
1: Definitely. I think the first one is, um... So for me, I'm already a stress eater. Like if you were talking about like physical uh, physical symptoms is I stress eat a lot and I am a bad eater to begin with. Like I don't have a sense of healthy eating. and But when I'm like especially burnt out, I will bake so many cakes and cookies and desserts that I think even my body is sick, but I will just keep eating it because I don't know what else to do. Like it's like eating my feelings away. So that's like the number one for me. And then uh, the number two and the bigger one that happens and that's like my cue as that I need to do something differently is the lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. So even um, as I'm sure like you remember, in banking, there would be weeks we would just work 100 plus hours constantly. And then I would get that like one or two nights of like being able to catch up on sleep. But I just would not be able to fall asleep, even though there has been like continuous a week or two where I've like barely gotten more than two hours of sleep consistent. I, my body just would not go to sleep. And it's not because I'm just so tired to go to sleep. It's just for me, that's my cue. Something's wrong. You need to change it. Like this is a pattern that you can't just break out by going to sleep one or two nights. So I think for me, it's like the overeating and the constant gain of uh, weight and loss and gain of weight that follows with it, as well as the sleeping is the biggest thing. And I think sleeping is one of those um, odd things where it's an issue its in itself. Where if you don't sleep, you're also just a cranky person mm-hmm. and to have to like go to a very intense work environment where you have to deal with so like intense pressures. So many people wanting so many things from you. It just makes it like the cycle that's just like, okay, I'm never going to get out of it. Like there's one thing about being burnt out, but then there's this other thing that I have to resolve, which is like, I'm so physically tired. Mm-hmm. I can't fall asleep because I'm so burnt out. Uh, but those are two my big signs, and now, like, especially now, recently learning about the saving issues, and now again, like, not having uh, having left banking and recognizing some of these signs, and in the midst of like COVID and helping my family and everything, the one thing I've changed and I think has made a big difference is just having a consistent sleep cycle. So for me, I think that has been the one key. I'm going to definitely keep paying attention moving forward. That if that gets disrupted, I need to pay attention to what's going on in my life during the daytime. <laughs>
0: That Yeah, sleep was a big one. I remember coming home like nights where I would work till like two or three in the morning and being like absolutely exhausted. But like I the adrenaline, I think in retrospect, it was probably the adrenaline and the stress is just so high that you can't just like immediately turn off your computer and go to bed. Or at least it didn't work that way for me. Like maybe it does for other people, but I would have to like basically watch on Netflix. I would just turn on some like really like soothing kind of funny lighthearted show just to have like an hour of just like, I just needed a way to decompress off the stress and get ready for sleep. Like, um, so I think I watched like friends a ton or the office and I would just turn on like a half hour or, t- or an hour of that. And that was the only way I could get to sleep. It was just like, like I couldn't, I don't know, maybe other people were better at like maximizing that time, but I definitely couldn't. I, I wish
1: I have to admit one thing. This is like so silly. Um, people are shocked when I say this. I actually didn't have Netflix all throughout uh, banking. I just got it during COVID because we were stuck in it and he needed background noise to do work or just to yeah. feel like I was not the only person in my studio anymore. I, so can- I, I like now I can't imagine living without it. Yeah,
0: I, it was like my favorite um, or same thing like I would need the eating thing was definitely true Where like when I was really tired, I was just eating like snacks. Yeah, First of all, I'm like, whatever. At this point I'm I do not care. I'm working late. Like I just need to like keep awake and like I would definitely eat a ton of like junk food. And then it like compounds because then the next day you wake up and you're like, well, I don't feel great because I ate like a bag of like entire like huge bag of potato chips last night. And then you just kind of it like just keeps compounding, I feel like it's hard to break the the cycle. Did you,
1: did you have a go to midnight snack in banking?
0: Oh man. Oh, chocolate covered pretzels was like my favorite. I would go through bags and bags of those. Um, That was pretty, yeah, that was probably like my number one. I would just order chocolate covered pretzels.
1: Mine is really disgusting, but I'm still gonna share it. It was, uh, I kid you not, grilled cheese, French fries, and chocolate cake. Like Mm -hmm. when I had one of those like times, I would order that and I I would eat through it. So again, like that was my cue. It was like, I need to eat better or at least less or worse.
0: Yeah. I think some of the other, um, kind of ways I've noticed that it's happening is, um, mine gets more like, I feel like I get really anxious and I mean, I'm already an anxiety, like prone person and like, that's just in my DNA. Um, but I, my anxiety goes up. I also, I think get co-mingled with like depression and just like feeling Mm -hmm. like really like nothing I'm doing is going to change anything. Um, like just feeling like really like blah. And, um, I get into these like really like kind of loops in my head, like mental loops where I just kind of have these like recurring thoughts that aren't like really helpful in any way. Um, and I found that, I mean, the other way it manifests is like, and I didn't realize this till honestly, probably this year, but for many, many years, I was having a lot of like digestive and like GI issues. Again, not to get too too gross, but like Having a lot of problems and like every doctor I ever went to was just like oh like you need to drink more water and like eat healthier and I was like well I you know feel like I, I do okay um and that was like all everyone anyone ever told me and so I kind of gave up I was just like I guess I'm just like this person and no nothing I do will ever change like I tried different diets eliminating foods whatever it didn't work so finally, like this year, uh, my boyfriend actually pushed me to go like see another doctor. And I was really like, whatever, it's not going to make a difference. And I was just burnt out from trying to fix it and like mm-hmm. spending all this money mm-hmm. and like all these things that like just didn't lead to anything. And finally, like one doctor actually like helped. And then I, I compounded that with like working with a nutritionist. Um, I actually like really changed my, um, my like, I mean, it's just like, eons better. Like I feel so much better than I did for like the past eight years and which has been great. But I definitely know that like during the time where I was working in banking during business school and some of the other periods of stress in my life, like those issues got worse. And I don't know all the science behind how stress affects your body, but like it is real. (laughs) Like I've definitely felt that where like the periods where I am stressed out, I can just notice like my body is just not happy with me. And it's like obviously trying to tell me something, but I wasn't listening to it. It's <laughs> just like, no, just I guess eat more fruits and vegetables and compare be with fun. it. Um oh my gosh. I
1: uh so th- I that reminds me. So I was I think I mentioned earlier, but something similar to that is I was in a car uh car accident back in twenty twelve. Now it's like seems ages ago. Uh But something similar, like it was a pretty brutal car accident, I was in physical therapy for two and a half years, and I have permanent injuries from it now that I just had to come to cope with that it's just going to be managing them, like there's no way to 100% cure them at the time. And I feel like partially the reason why I took like two and a half years of physical therapy is just. I was refusing to give up everything else in my life. For me, it was like, okay, my body just needs to learn how to deal with it. Like, I'm still so young. Why can't it just pick up? And I didn't listen to, like, the doctors or just the fact how tired and painful, like, what I was doing was and that I need to, like, stop, fix the situation, and then go from on it. And it wasn't until, like, my, I think, physical therapist in this case who was like, you are like a noodle, like nothing sticks, like I train you to do this way, but you come back the next day, just like lopsided, just as you were. And she's like, you need to calm down. And I was a consultant at the time. So like traveling in hours were just as equally demanding. And she's like, you need to take time off, either go through like a surgery or figure out what is it that you need to do to like, realize that this is an issue, and it's not going to get better until you take care of it. But it's like, at that time, I just my body just refused to get better. And part of it, I think, was just like mental barrier to like refusing to give in that, hey, I am hurt, I need to slow down, I need to make changes that are substantial at the time. And that it's going to be matching forward that like, I need to accept that it's not going to be the way it used to be. And but it was like the same way, as you said, it's just like, get over it. That's what I was trying to tell my body and just like, move on it. Not the fact that I just went through this traumatic experience. And so there has to be changes now that follow afterwards.
0: Have you like did you feel um that because maybe progress and recovering from that was slow, like it was hard to see day-to-day the change so it felt like the work that you were doing to try to get better just like you just like couldn't see any difference and it was like what's the point kind of thing or how did it um I don't know or did you just feel like you were tougher on yourself because you were expected like I-, I think you know you're a very accomplished person. I'm sure you've done like really well in school. You did really well career-wise. Like, was it just, you were feeling like, why can I not get this also to be at the level that I want it to be? Like, why are the changes not happening as fast as I want them to?
1: I think it was, uh, so first I refused to believe I was hurt. I was like, oh, oh, like my bone structure and everything will just snap back into place. (laughs) Like, it will automatically regrow itself. Uh, Just refusing to believe the science that this is not how it works. And so I, like, literally refused to change my lifestyle from my doctors telling me, hey, can you cut off your heels or can you cut off working, like, 12 hours a day yeah. on your desk because these are, like, musculoskeletal issues. And I just refused to give in to any of those. And it wasn't until, like, a good six, seven months into it that I just could not, like, get up and move normal, like, move the way I used to normally. And at that point, I just felt like it was getting worse, definitely not even better. So I think that was part of the reason that I was like, what's the point of even doing this? But it wasn't until like, um, as I mentioned, like my therapist who I got really close to, my physical therapist, and uh, she just would not give up on me. Like it was to the point that she would email me and check in with me. And I think that pushed me, the fact that there was this stranger who I barely just like know outside of like these hours that I would see her like every other day was so interested and was in my case and genuinely wanted me to get better. So I just followed through her guidance. And I think having that right person say the right things at the right moment kind of made a difference for me. And then I started to make changes in my lifestyle. Like she was pretty persistent about having doing that. And I think it wasn't until like doing things outside of just the physical therapy sessions and then the sessions itself and taking them much more seriously with a positive intention versus oh, what's the point of going to this? Or I'm just going to this for the sake of going to this. And I think changing my mental behavior around it mm-hmm. made a big difference. But I will say took that push from the right person at the right time Yeah. to like get me to see things a little differently. Then once it worked, it was like magic. And I definitely will say like, it was just the mental hurdle. I'm getting over the fact that I was hurt and I will have to accept that my body's not gonna be 100%. There's things that I won't be able to do especially when my doctor started taking away like I can't run anymore I can't do yoga like the things I used to do like religiously to get me off of my stress and anxiety but I think all in all changing my mental behavior towards how I approach the situation and also just like having the right person at the right time at the right moment to push me in like the best of the directions at the time made a big difference and again like some things I try to keep in mind like moving forward but of course at that time, it took a big while to get to that stage. So I don't I don't know if you had a different experience or a similar experience.
0: No, I've definitely had that. I mean, there was a, one of the times where I think I've experienced the worst burnout was like, it was probably a multi-year period of like, I was working at a job that I got laid off due to like, just issues that were with the company. Um, it wasn't mm-hmm. like anything personal but about me, but it was, they had to lay off like a third of the company. And I didn't know what I was, I was like unemployed in New York, didn't know what I was gonna do. Um, I still hadn't gotten into business school yet. And so basically I was just like hustling really hard to find a, another job. And, get, and like, I wasn't even sure I was gonna go to business school even if I got in. Um, I didn't know it was the right thing. My parents were also going through like a divorce that was like pretty tough on the family. And then, like, I was having, like, some health issues. I had, like, massive probably anxiety and, like, um, a bit of, I'm sure, a bit of depression. And, like, I just would refute, like, I just was like, nope, I'm not going to, like, go to therapy or try to, like, think about this. Like, I'm just going to power through. (laughs) Like, I was like, push, push, push is, like, the only, because that's, like, the only way I've dealt with things up until then. I agree. And I would just talk through stuff with, like, friends and and family. But finally, I just reached a point where I couldn't like it just obviously wasn't, that wasn't enough. And um, similarly, like went to, I mean, I went to a therapist and finally was like, okay, I'm going to try this out and see if it helps. And was very skeptical, but it ended up being very helpful. And then when I got to, when I ended up accepting to business school and starting at Booth, I made like a point of really trying to like do things on my own. And then that wasn't really helping. So Mm-hmm. I had to accept while I was at school. I was like, okay, I should probably go to student counseling. Um, and again, that was also really helpful. But I think it, there was like a, definitely a moment of acceptance where I had to be like, I can't do this on my own, which was really hard because I think up until that point, like a lot of things I just been like, if I just work hard enough, like work enough hours, study enough hours, like network with enough people, I'll get the job that I want or I'll get the internship I want. Um, And it was really I felt kind of like a failure that like I couldn't do it on my own that I had to like go seek help Which in retrospect is obviously like the stupidest thing to think like obviously that's not true And now I I think much the opposite. I think it's actually one of the most valuable things Um, I mean not that everyone has their own um I think relationship with therapy and it can be helpful in different ways, but I know for mm-hmm. me it's been like invaluable to talk through some of the these things um and yeah, I just I think also being in a high pressure environment where you're like with you're yes. like already an overachiever with a bunch of overachievers like stuck in a room all like trying to get to the next level of your career. it's super toxic it, I mean at least for me it was sure like it was very tough um, I'm glad I did business school and it was a great experience overall, but like. <laughs> those were really tough years for me and um I don't think it was until like a little bit of retrospect that I appreciated that as much um I don't know. Were there anything
1: things you did differently afterwards like once you learned some of these signs of what causes or how did you even learn like hey this is a stress inducer or anxiety inducer this is on my way to burnout and like how did you learn to recognize those signs and then how did you do
0: things differently afterwards? Yeah I I don't know if I've learned that much because then I went through, I think this past year I was another like phase of burnout for me for different mm-hmm. reasons, but also, um, you know, related to to some like things I was dealing with and not feeling like I was accomplished enough or like pushing enough or working enough. And, um, and also like family stuff was, was a big, has been a big, um, stressor as well. And I don't know, I feel like I can definitely, see the signs better of like, when I'm getting anxious, when I'm getting like, you know, day in and day out, like feeling like nothing changes or being just like really sad for no reason. Obviously that's a pretty big indicator for me of like, that I'm going through some, like maybe a little bit of of a depression or down phase. Um, But yeah, I don't know that I've learned that much. (laughs) I think it's, it's been really hard to accept that the, like, work hard enough mentality, which has been so ingrained, I think, is just such an ingrained part of me yeah. and how I grew up that that's not always, like, the best way. Like, it's, like, work smart, not work harder, um, or whatever that saying is. Yeah. It's been hard for me to sometimes, I mean, I, like, know it, like, intellectually, I understand what the concept is, but, like emotionally like I'm just like no I'm just gonna like keep like there's a brick wall I'm just gonna like, keep hitting the brick wall until it breaks through that's not the smartest way to do it um I don't know where I was going with that tangent but yeah um let's see I'm sorry I'm looking at my notes because I had I there were things I definitely wanted to to mention <laughs> but um Yeah, I think the other one is like lack of, one thing I have noticed is um, like apathy has become a big signal for me about burnout is if I stop caring, because I am someone who I I like to be involved and I care deeply about like friends and family. And so when I start to feel like I'm like, just like, oh, whatever, I'm retreating into myself or like, it's hard for me to like have the energy to go out, keep up like social connections like that to me is a big sign of also burnout is like I just too much is going on where then I can't even do the like fun extracurricular stuff that I like to do um, mm-hmm. means that there's like a rebalance that needs to happen um, I don't know definitely
1: I think no I think that's the other big one um, it's just like taking all of what I thought so I would do what I need to when I get into the cases like that it's like I would give the time I need to like to family and friends And then I would give a lot of time to my professional life. But anything what I would define as fun going out with friends outside of like the fact that they need to talk, I would like stop all those things, which then I think just adds to the problem versus taking it away. So it's like all about just giving, giving, giving versus, hey, I need to maybe give a bit to myself. So I think that is another big one, too. But I've now learned to do the opposite. Like, so after recognizing the signs, one of the things now I try to do is actually reach out to family and friends. For me, they're a big component of my life. So now I try to go, I force myself, especially when I know I'm going into this cycle, is I force myself to spend more time with them and just at least talk about it, even if it's not talking about it, at least doing something fun that takes my mind off of it for that bit of time, which I don't know if that's like the best thing to do. But at the time, like it helps to calm me down and get a new perspective to everything else. Yeah.
0: I, I think, um, one thing I, I learned in, in business school and it's hard to apply when like, like when I was in banking, it was just hard because the hours are so tough, but is like scheduling yes. time to not do anything, which sounds weird. But like, I remember in business school, I overcommitted to everything. Cause I was like, I'm going to do everything and be like all over the place, which was ugh,
1: so dude. many things going on though.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, that was the thing is everything you wanted to do everything and didn't yes. have time. But, um, And then feeling overstretched, but like is like learning to like block time of like being like I'm not on this day or during this like three hours. I'm just not like I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to try to do anything. I'm not even like going to go exercise. I'm just it's just unscheduled time has been really nice, Um, and it was something that so I I feel like someone probably told me in business school that they were like you know otherwise you're going to count like you'll get just. so busy with stuff. And I feel like when you work also, if your work, work life's really busy, um, it's, it's been, it's hard to do, but it's been kind of nice to try to block like at least an evening um, or something off. Um,
1: I, I do agree. When, you get, uh, when work life is really busy, especially careers like banking and consulting, it feels like any time you take for yourself feels like luxury instead yeah. of like time that's needed, even if it be it's so like to go and work out. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well it and feels I, like you have to earn the time. It is a luxury. Like I recognize and this is something like I wanted to acknowledge, I guess, earlier, but is like I do think it is a luxury that to have that ability to schedule that. I think you know, I would say lucky mm-hmm. and that I'm fortunate that um, I've been able to do that. But I understand that there's a lot of people who just can't afford that luxury. And I think I'm sure that's really tough. Or I don't have kids right now, but I, I imagine having a family um and kids it would be very hard to to do that um and I don't I don't know how I don't know that'll be a discussion for another day but I'd love to like how, hear how some people will help manage that as well um you know
1: plus I think and I think you may have similar issues with this one too um, having an immigrant family and like being born in another country and being came like coming to us at a young age. I think there's no concept of taking time for yourself or like mental health or anything. So never really having that, like, I, and I don't want to like blame anyone or the upraising here, but um, like not knowing how to take care of some of these situations or like not knowing early on, like, hey, these things are real. It was always about like work hard, do well, achieve quite a bit into your life, especially like just seeing how your family came from and giving you this, this uh, opportunity so you feel like pressure to do more and more and never take a break so i don't think that helps either at least like for me i know that definitely does not help i don't know if you had a different oh experience. yeah
0: no that's a great point is like i similarly like my parents came here and um i think there was this kind of idea of like also just like financially like work hard like go to the career where you're going to make like yeah great money like you know go into banking like that is like i think you know there was this like um pop culture like ideal of like i don't know wall street in the 80s which like there's a reason why there's so many crazy movies made about it because like, <laughs> especially being a woman which is a whole another topic i would love to like talk more about but um yeah it's like work hard work hard work hard and like like self-care is like not a thing like um Anytime you're sad or feel like frustrated, it was like either repress those feelings and just focus on the good, like focus on all the things you do have, uh, which is important. Like I don't, it is important to be grateful about the good things. But also I've learned that like suppressing all my negative emotion, it just kind of leads to a breaking point rather than like actually managing them in a healthier way. Um, But I think that's something I've also struggled with is like um, just you know, focus on the good, focus on the good, like forget the bad and just like pretend it's not there. But yeah, that has not really helped me out (laughs) in the end. Definitely.
1: And I think it's so strong, especially in immigrant families where it's like focus on the good be thankful for what you have. And the negative is only minimal in comparison to everything else you have. So I don't think that helps. I will say like uh, surprisingly, at least with banking, my parents, uh, I don't know if it was just them seeing me because I did come home and worked like my last two months in banking uh worked from home with Columbus and like I came back to home in Ohio and they were probably one of the ones who were like this is not real this is not you and you need to calm down you need to sleep you need to eat you need to be just living your life and they were actually one of the big drivers of having me make the change in my life I needed at the time, which I thought was, again, like having the right people say the right things at the right time. And so that helped to make the decision quite a bit. But I still remember like in the beginning and early on in my life, it was, I felt like the opposite where like, I had to push myself to do all these things, just partially having that immigrant mentality of be thankful, take use of all of the opportunities versus calm down and self-care.
0: Yeah no definitely for sure and actually similarly like um even though like that was a big thing growing up like same thing i saw um one of my parents at the end of like actually the internship um in banking between first year and second year of business school and like at the end of the internship i was so exhausted and i remember um one of my parents was just like whoa like you don't look like yourself like you look like he was like my dad was like i've never seen you like that um and um yeah it's 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 weird because it's like also it is true like it is we are very fortunate to have like a lot of these amazing opportunities and I I do Mm -hmm. feel like it's important to take care of them but like I guess how do you balance that um and that's it's really hard and I don't know that I'll ever get there but like how to find the perfect balance between being motivated and 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 working hard um and also like being more compassionate with yourself, which I feel like is such a cheesy line, but it is kind of true
1: <laughs> no, I, I agree. The one thing that I have done that has helped big time is uh, I'm now like not in a pressure by myself mm-hmm. to sign up for thousands of things that I used to do because I think that was one of the other drivers like I would work so many hours and then I would spend so much time with like family and friends, but then I would also sign up for like a lot of extracurricular things, like similar to what you mentioned in business school. And so I think that's the one thing I stopped doing is feeling the need to constantly use every single minute, spare minute I had to fill it with something, what I thought was meaningful now. And I think at least the past six months after leaving banking, I stopped doing that. Like I signed up for initially quite a bit of volunteering activities outside of helping my family with our small businesses. I signed up for so many things because coming like wanting to fill that gap. I was like, Oh, I have to work minimum 80 hours a week. Like that's typical banking. Mm -hmm. And when I stopped doing it, when I felt like stopped having that need to like constantly use that time, it has also been a big difference maker is now I'm like, okay, now I can breathe. I can live a little more normal or what feels like not constantly under the pressure. So like, I know, I think those are some of my mitigation techniques in terms of just recognizing and trying to make an active change has also like helped quite a bit.
0: That's such a good point. I think one of the things I've really had to struggle with and again like or w- work on not struggle with but work on is like both in business school and yeah and in, in banking and even now is like prioritizing my time and like realizing mm-hmm. that time is like a constraint and a precious resource and um, Like that. Yeah, some things are just going to fall off and like that's okay. Like it doesn't have to be everything and um one of the, it was over, I think the holidays where a family friend told me like this quote of like focus on focusing that he had heard. And I thought that was just such a great, like it really resonated with me because um, I do tend to get distracted by everything and like want to do it all. And so to like really focus on focusing on the things you want to do and like, reminding yourself and having to say no sometimes and that it's okay to sometimes decline invites or certain opportunities um and also i think i've recently you know after banking i moved into more product management and that was something i i had to learn at work was like we can't develop all the features at any time right like there's always going to be a constraint in terms of how many engineering hours you have or how much money you have to develop a product so you can't build everything in the world you have to you know you really have to prioritize the most important features and that's a key part of what i believe a good product manager does but learning how to do that like it was one thing to do that on the product i'm working on it's another thing to like do it for myself in my life but i've tried to kind of apply that mental model or mental strategy to like be like okay like yeah, you can't, you don't have an infinite amount of time. So how do you prioritize like the three or five things that are really important to you? And like, yeah, there's just other things or certain relationships. Like, I don't know if you felt this, but like earlier on, it was like, oh, I want to hang out with everyone and be with everyone. And I am a very social, you know, I, I hope I'm a very friendly person, but <laughs> you are. <laughs> like it's at a certain point, it's like, I don't even have enough time to hang out with the people I want to hang out with let alone like hanging out with someone who's kind of like a shitty friend or someone who's like, eh, like I, am not getting much out of this relationship. Like why am I wasting my time on that when I like could genuinely be spending time with people that are really important to me? Um, I don't know. I don't know if you felt that way or, or
1: not. I do. And I think that's the one thing. Um, and I'm going to talk about social media right along with that is I, and I think the last six months have been uh, like a big clarity for me. I should say like stepping away from a very intense career. And it was like back-to-back for me. It was like consulting, business school, then banking. And so it just seems like my last 10 years have been such intense careers. And now having like the six uh, months of clarity, um, I do. Like I don't know. I think friends is something I'm still back and forth with because I love people and I love being around people. And so I will give so much time to people, whether that's hanging out or like Zoom calls now which I think are equally exhausting. So that one I haven't figured out. But the one I have done pretty well are like social media. I'm very uh, good about social media. I don't actively use any of them. And then the one that I just started recently using more because my sister is a little influencer on Instagram, I keep it very like small. I only follow like very few friends because I partially just don't want to see, I don't want to start comparing my life to my friend's life, especially like friends that I'm genuinely very happy for. I think having like social media is the one thing I've been pretty good about, but people and like daily lives, especially again, going back to that concept of immigrant family and especially being from an Indian family where there is no concept of space. And given that I'm home right now, it's quite a bit of a challenge how to manage priorities with people, but social media managing, I figured that out. And I think that has been a big help between learning from um, people nowadays, like how much that impacts them emotionally, and especially like with anxiety.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a big one. I took a social media break. Like I I think it was early on in business school. I just completely went off all um, things. And um, I mean, I part of me was like, oh, I'm going to miss out on like friends, like announcements or I don't know what's going (laughs) on with people. But actually it was it was actually fine. Like I had no. um, Yeah, no real like I really didn't miss out. I felt like on stuff um, just Mm -hmm. because. I feel like the people I was in touch with that were meaningful enough to me, I was getting updates by like actually talking to them. And yeah, um, but I have recently, I will say in the past year, like went back onto social media for some, like for Wallet Street and some of the other like more um, kind of extracurricular stuff I'm doing and it has been very hard I can see myself slipping into like looking at other people's Instagram and being like oh their life seems great or like oh shoot they're like doing this or that or like they're this far along in their life as if it's some like linear race and
1: oh my gosh honestly I don't know how
0: to quite mitigate it except maybe spend less time on the the um, platforms but it's something I need to continue to work on um because i can i can feel myself like starting to slip back into why i went off of it in the first place so, yeah, in the
1: first place yeah, yeah fair enough i think um getting over the timelines is a really good thing our friend i think gilad actually i'm gonna use him he was the one who pointed this out to me one time when uh, one of our subway rides back from like a central park picnic and he's like why do you hold yourself accountable to other people's timeline probably one of the best advices i got <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's actually fair. It's like that timeline by this age, you have to do this much by this age, you have to be here. And especially nowadays when uh, LinkedIn, I feel like is one of the toxic social media, I want to, I'm going to call it social media. And you see like Forbes 30 under 30, you see this person has this thing and that going on and they're this much younger than you or they're this much older than you. And I like, so I try to keep uh, Gilad's advice in mind. It's like, stop holding myself accountable to other people's timeline especially not knowing where they're coming from where i'm coming from what the end goal is if there's an end goal of all of this but i need to like frame that advice and i think put it on every single of my room
0: <laughs> that's maybe a good way because i i agree with you like intellectually i get that and i think that is great advice and shout out to glock because he's always a great giver of advice but <laughs> And I, I get that, but it is so hard because the minute I'm back on one of those platforms, the like emotional response of like competitiveness that I have and like, I don't know, I guess type A-ness or whatever you want to call it, like clicks in and is just like, oh my gosh, well, I don't have that title of a career or like, shoot, like they started their own company. I haven't started my own company yet. Like what, you know, and then I have to like, just like go off of the, like, I have to exit out of the platform, <laughs> but um I don't know how to like get better at that because that leads to, I feel like that does lead to burnout or at least compound it for me. Um, Maybe it's not the trigger, but it's definitely like exacerbates the problem for sure. Um, I
1: I think for me it's the same thing. I I limit my time on LinkedIn or any of those like social medias. That's going to put me right back to comparing myself to what's going on in other people's life. I don't know how well it has worked out so far, but so far I'm holding accountable and I'm going to try to form a habit for like the next 30 days. Cause I was like, I don't want to add on to situations. I would rather just like try to fix what is going on.
0: What are some of the other like ways we are you know, speaking about mitigating burnout or um, getting into these like ruts, how do you, what are other things you do to mitigate b- besides trying to limit like social media time?
1: So the, one of the big one now, um, something that we couldn't do and something I definitely couldn't even do before business school with my career just in consulting and banking Is I try to have a routine to just normal things that I just like for me, it's not something I ever had. I feel like ever since I can remember, even from high school days. So, even the fact that I like I'm gonna be in bed by midnight, I'm gonna wake up by this time. And when I wake up, the first thing I wanna do is work out, then I'm gonna have breakfast. And I think just getting some of that routine down helps me keep sane because it takes away the thinking one on what I have to do next or what, but they also start forming healthy habits. Just like the fact of working out and having breakfast right there for me, it's like a D zone. I try to stay away from any news or phone during that time too. It's like, that's me time for me. as like you had earlier defined, like you blocked that out on your calendar during business school. I do that now. And then definitely social media for me is very slimmed down. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think those are like the two key things is like building routine and then timing myself when it comes to some of the negative things. It's like, I'm going to give this much time to social media. I'm going to give this much time to rethinking about the same situation over and over again before I have to stop and move on to the next thing and just holding myself accountable to that.
0: That's so good. Like, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, my my therapist has given me the same advice. (laughs) So. (laughs) <laughs> of like, okay, just give yourself an hour where you can like during this hour is the only time you're allowed to think about this one thought or whatever. Um it's something I've not perfected, but one of the things I guess I'm trying to work on. Um, but yeah, that I think is a um is a good approach. I I tried to definitely do that when I was um like in some of the really another burnout I feel like I experienced was like dating, particularly in New York, is like oh the worst. Um <laughs> like it's quite a process and you and i have i i know talked at length about how shitty dating new york was but um like yeah thinking getting hung up on like a particular like guy or like some like oh shit he ghosted me like what the fuck i um that was like always a loop that i would just like keep harping on and having to be like okay my, one of my good friends always says like don't let him rent rooms in your head like don't give him your mind space like don't think about oh it gosh, which yes. is like harder it's much easier said than done but like just trying to force yourself to like not think about that thing for a little while or just like okay I'm only gonna think about it during this time of day or, or for this amount of time um, definitely yeah it's not it's not easy but I like that concept um, it was helpful for sure during certain periods um,
1: Plus, like, I'm appreciating it a little more just because, again, like, I'm not not used to having the ability to have a routine in my lifestyle, like, with traveling, with consulting, being in different countries and different cities constantly, and then with banking, like, never knowing when I'm going to go home, if I'm going to go home. So I'm, like, enjoying the fact that now I can have a routine and try to, like, stick myself to it, even though it feels like I'm becoming an old lady, but I like it (laughs) right now.
0: I think the routine thing's good. I, like, I I might... Um, I don't know, I need to get some inspiration from you because I have found like working from home, it has been hard for me to stick to a routine. Yeah, I've actually found um, like I used to be really good about trying to go exercise before work and I have really struggled with that from work from home. Um, I just like I'll find a lot of days where I haven't left the house till like 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. and um like one of the things that I know is really important for me is like getting fresh air and like getting out of the house yeah. um, is like, if I haven't left the house all day, I will 100% be like in a shitty mood by the end of the day. Like it's just clockwork. And one of the, um, I really like Dex Shepard, uh, has his podcast, um, expert. And he talks about this in different episodes, but about having this checklist that if he finds himself like, having a bad day or like getting anxious or, you know, whatever, like he'll go through his kind of mental checklist and be like, have I done these like three, four things um, recently or today? And he's like 99% of the time, if I'm having a tough time, like I haven't done one of those things. So I've tried to like build that in of like, you know, my checklist is like exercise is like number one and like, like have I exercised today? Two would be like, have I gotten fresh air? And like three would be like have I had quiet time today? Because I've realized that's really important to me to either have time where I'm just by myself, like either reading a book or listening to a podcast or music um, Mm -hmm. is like a very, I don't know, it just like feels very meditative for me in a way. Um, And then the fourth is like usually talking to a close friend or family. Like if I haven't had some kind of social interaction, like that um, was always really, really hard. Uh, so I've tried to like keep that in, but I've I've definitely lagged during the past year in in like making those more routine or at routine times. Um, and yeah, it's probably something I should work on better for this year. And I think COVID has really f- like just the working from home schedule has really fucked with that for me. Um,
1: oh my gosh, I need to try that approach because I stay I try to stay away from the list because I feel like if I don't hit something. Then I'm gonna feel worse about not hitting it, and so I was like, yeah, I don't want to add
0: to that. To well, what's good is maybe you know yourself well enough to know that that's not gonna be like a productive, like it'll be yeah. counterproductive for you.
1: Yeah, and so I was like, I try to stay away from lists. I may have to do this one. Like, versus to do list, maybe I need to do this one. It's like, have I actually done things that make me feel better, yeah. or like that are not gonna make me cranky? Maybe I need to take that approach and try that. So I'm gonna to have to do that. But my sister does like list, and the one thing that helps her is she's a beautiful artist so she'll like take these plain journals and just like make them really really pretty and so part of that is her like meditation for the day when she like organizes this list and it's like I want I want something like that sort of creative outlet where I can then just take that on a daily basis but I don't know, with list I haven't figured out, but I need to try it, I guess. And now I'm rambling on.
0: <laughs> I like, I, I'm actually not kidding. Can I ask your sister to like make me a pretty version of this checklist? Because right now it's just on a Google Keep like note on my phone. But that would be really yes. cool. she has been an pretty. amazing. Okay, I'm going to follow up with this.
1: Yes, yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to tell you, it, it's really, really beautiful. I was like, I didn't even think journaling or bullet journaling is what it's called. Like it's an actual thing and it takes this long while, but yeah, so um I'm going to, next question. Sorry, Charlotte. I'm like taking a no, lot no, of time this,
0: is, it. this is great. Do you think like it was something I was thinking about while I was jotting down notes for this. Do you think it's burnout is something that's avoidable or like can completely be mitigated? Because I, I kind of have thought, I don't think it is. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Like I feel like there will probably be an inevitably another part or phase in my life where I feel this way. Um,
1: I'd like to. I'd like so i like to think hindsight's twenty twenty. Like looking back at past when I was definitely burnt out. Now that I know, uh, but now that I'm going through recruiting and it's like equally exhausting, I am trying to do better, like not getting to a cycle of like something similar to what you said. It's like then you self like doubt yourself and all the things you have done. it's like, oh, am I good enough for this or that? So I like to think it's avoidable to the extent that it's not going to get worse as it did before for me. I don't know if it's completely avoidable. It's like I'm not going to be stressed out or I'm not going to be anxious for this and that. But I do like to be a little more realistic about it moving forward. And at least even right now, like with the job searching process, because it has been stressful. Uh, I don't feel like as bad as before in my periods of life. And I think part of it is just being like recognizing the signs and doing something actively about it versus until it's too late that now I need to do like completely make a change.
0: Um, One of the other questions I, I thought of is like how to help someone else when like in the same way that you talked about like people reaching out to you while you were going through some of this and i've I've definitely have people who have have been lucky to have people who have been there for me when i've been going through these things how do you help other people who you feel like are burning out or going through a particularly difficult time um i found it hard sometimes if that person isn't like you said at the right time in the right moment like it's hard to sometimes get through or like I I'll just like offer up a bunch of suggestions that that person can do to like try to get through it and that's always not that's not necessarily like the best way because I feel like then that person's just like okay like you're overwhelming me with solutions and like I don't know how to be there for someone basically when they're going through the same thing Uh, it's hard.
1: I'm a big believer in like it has to be said at At the right time at the right moment by the right person otherwise i feel like advices are useless not to like (laughs) offend anyone but it's like the other person has to be willing to receive them and do something about them uh so for me like i do same thing as you it's like initially i will call out some of the signs and here are things you can do things that have helped me to make it seem like you're not the only person who's going through it but then afterwards i do back off and i just check in with that person versus like offering because i think at that point it's pretty clear I'm here for you so I think I just try to make them known that I'm here ready to talk or however I can help but I try to take a little more back off approach than that active because I don't want to also bother them because I'm also one of those people that when I'm going through some of these phases I just want to be partially left alone and I'll reach yeah. out to people when I need that help so I also don't want to overwhelm people but I think for me the big thing is just like making it known to them that I'm here if you need something or if you need to even simply talk or just invent it out.
0: Yeah, it's something I I need to yeah it's it's something I have to work on because I I definitely get into like loops where I'm like do this or do that or like this worked for me like maybe it'll work for you and like have you tried this and um yeah learning to just like let that person be on their own journey but also feel like I'm being present and not also like not being there for them if they need me is yeah uh, it's something I'm definitely it's a new muscle muscle memory or skill that I'm trying to hone (laughs) Um, you're doing a good job I don't know sometimes it well because I think I feel like if I'm not constantly like there and like providing solutions or or guidance like that then they'll feel like I'm MIA or that I'm not being supportive and like that would be the worst thing for me so I'm like I'd rather be an air on being annoying than like you feeling like I'm MIA. MIA, but that's also not really helpful either, right? Like, so I don't know. It's, I guess. No, but I
1: think I would rather, even on my end, like who needs that, like a person who needs her own time to get through some of these things, I would rather have you be annoying than not have like reach out at all to me because you think that's like being more respectful. So I get it. Like, I think it would be nice to know that at least, hey, there is like, you're there.
0: Yeah. So I
1: would rather have that annoyance than not have any, I guess. Yeah, so in the end. um,
0: Some of the other... Or this was a comment from, like, a friend um, when I was posting these questions about burnout online that kind of mentioned what are the, you know, thinking through the financial consequences of burnout and, like, how does that affect, um, I mean, obviously as an individual, I think it can be really effective or it can be very affecting, like, if you have, like, really struggle with, like, with work or like with something else. But I think in terms of like also for companies and and I don't know how different countries approach this. I guess we you know both of us have really mainly worked in the US. So, um, but obviously it's super detrimental. Like I wonder how companies can be a little more effective in helping employees who are going through these times and like lessen the stigma around, you know, maybe taking a break or, or taking time off or like just getting more support from work. Like, I don't know why we need to work like a hundred hours. <laughs> like that was always a thing I, that I thought about in banking was like, you could just have more people on the teams and maybe the work would be distributed out a little more evenly. Um, and I'd be okay getting paid slightly less <laughs> if I didn't like burn myself into the hole, you know, into a ground.
1: I, completely agree and I'm probably a little biased because like again having consulting and banking I feel like those are the only careers I really know yeah and so I don't have like a really b- a better perspective but I think I agree with you. I think um the cost for a company is high like recruiting is very expensive not only for monetary but for my time the amount of time and effort it takes and having gone through a recruiting process myself like uh, during banking where I did recruiting for booth for two years it takes a lot of time and effort to find the right candidates and then to lose them because they're burnt out, because we're not okay with them just taking time off for that two or three weeks. And even if they take the time off for two or three weeks, they come back immediately to the same situation, which I don't think is going to help them. And so at that point, I think what they feel obligated to do is like find another job that's a little less intense. And so they quit. I think the cost is definitely very high. Um, I think the few things that company can definitely do is plan better and distribute the work a little better. Just like similar to what you said. It's so like, I would rather just have a couple of extra people on the team and take yeah. over the work versus me like being overloaded with projects and work. But then the other fact is like, it would be great if we just had regular breaks built in. Cause I think I know some companies nowadays, at least from work from home, they just end up giving like Fridays off randomly, like every two or three weeks which I can't imagine consulting or banking doing that, but I wish they did. It would have definitely helped just to get that one or two days, even in a month to myself. Like I know we have the concept of protected weekend and protected Fridays and this, that, but I don't think I was, I felt ever really fully protected because I just felt obligated to check my email to do this. So I think building those breaks where you don't feel guilty for being off your phone and being completely away from work would be really good. And then, um, also not having stigma to using vacation days. Again, I think with banking and consulting, you have so many vacation days left at work because people just work. That's all they know. And so if someone else, like if everybody around you is like not taking vacations, you yourself just don't feel like the privilege or the luxury to take vacation. And even though when you have like so many days, they just go unused. I think it's just like being able to walk away from work for a bit if those careers and these careers that i went through um if they can figure that part out i think would be very very helpful
0: yeah and i um uh i think about this also for people like who work in industries like um you know in in med- medicine or healthcare or or teachers mm-hmm. or people who i feel like are really affecting someone else's life like i mean being a doctor like that's a really you you can be much closer yeah. to death yes. um outcome, I think, in a lot of ways. And and I don't know, maybe this is like a topic I can explore um, on another podcast, or I'd love to, is like, what does burnout look like in those situations or in those professions? Because, um, you know, yeah, like, it's one thing to work in in the corporate world and, and, you know, has its own, um, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, its own consequences or its own like results yeah. but like for me like I think about like doctors who work these you know really long shifts or nurses and working night shifts like I can't I just you know that must also take a lot of stamina to sustain um, and you're working with like really high-pressure situations or at least to me what look like really high-pressure situations because I would be a terrible oh, definitely I can't look at the side of blood so <laughs> I like, would not have made a good doctor <laughs>
1: Um, no, I completely agree. I can't imagine, especially even now with teachers and just having to manage classes. Um, so definitely not in a situation where I have, uh, anyone near me who's actively in elementary or high school or anything before I guess primary schooling, but I can't imagine being a teacher right now and having to manage like 30, some kids on a regular basis via zoom call and being able to communicate and make sure they're okay. So yeah, the stress at those, I think careers are definitely underestimated as well.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, let's see, what else? I think, I mean, I feel like we've covered a lot. I'm just looking at the questions we we looked at. Do you think like this past year, like working from home more versus being in person has affected anything? Or do you feel like it's the same? Um,
1: I've so I definitely learned I can't do remote work. I think for me, it um, adds on to the situation. I like to be around people. Yeah. even though I'm a introvert at the end of the day I like to be around people I like to know I'm part of a team yeah versus just on my own and zoom calls are exhausting for me I would much
0: rather talk zoom to the calls person' are so exhausting can we just talk about like <laughs> zoom calls are so t- like what is it about them they feel very tiring even with people i, I very like much to- love, I'd like to talk to I just feel like there's some kind of exhaust factor <laughs>
1: No, I completely agree because I feel like you have to almost on Zoom. for them.
0: No, I just realized this. I, know.
1: <laughs> I love talking to you, Charlotte. So I'm hoping I'm not one of those people. And sorry, I, I don't think
0: you to take... call out Zoom in particular because it's like any video interface. That's true. It could be meet, it could also be a FaceTime, it could be whatever. But so- I've learned
1: about so many more platforms that I didn't think I would ever have come across um, because of this pandemic. But I feel like it takes quite a bit of preparation to get on a Zoom call. Than worse, as if I was already at work and grabbing coffee with you or seeing someone else. Yeah. Like it felt like a break in the day. But now I feel like with Zoom calls, like they're planned and they become part of my routine, like something I have yeah. to do. And I would much rather just like the fact that I walked to work. I got to see friends for coffee break, and so it was break from work and this and that. But now, like Zoom calls, feel like work more than something fun so I, I don't like them and so I think I know for me I have to be in the office working around people so I can't wait for the pandemic to be over and just be surrounded by people and be able to go like go get lunch go get coffee go just for a walk just to clear my mind yeah. like I miss those activities that were like normal at one point
0: yeah um I yeah I don't know I think there's some advantages I like of work from home like I like the ability to kind of also like put something on like in the oven while I'm like, getting ready for dinner at the same time that I'm still working or like have like laundry going in the background or something like that. But, um, yeah, I definitely also miss the camaraderie, camaraderie, like, but, um, like of being around other people and, and the going back to the routine thing, like it was a re I really like having like a reason to get up at a certain time, get out the door by a mm-hmm. certain time and not like be in my pajamas till like noon, which has happened many, many times for me during the pandemic, which is like not good. I'm really trying to force myself to actually get dressed like by a certain time, but it's hard. Um, so, yeah, it's.
1: See, so that's why like Zoom feels like work to me because I feel like it's so comfortable not to try, and then all of a sudden yeah. you have to get on a call with someone, and then like, oh, I have to actually prepare for this.
0: <laughs> um, well, well, I think we've been through most of the questions. Um, yeah. Anything else you wanted to add? Things you wish you had known when you were experiencing burnout that you know now? Um,
1: no, are- I just, I do wish, I think the topic was a little more talked about. I think now just the concept of mental health is, especially with the pandemic, it's something that people talk about much more, including like celebrities and uh, just even the corporate culture I think is taking a little more mindful um, yeah. approach to it So I do wish like earlier days it would have definitely helped but better late than never yeah uh, So I, I just I hope people keep like talking about it it doesn't like go away with the pandemic kind of thing I, I hope that's like the one aspect that sticks out and people generally take a moment to recognize that like moving forward
0: yeah and I think Um, To add to that, not only just the concept of burnout, but that I think it can come from many different forms. Like it's not just career wise. It could also be like dealing with a health issue or dealing with family or dealing with some other personal stuff. Um, Like I just, um, yeah, I think it can come in a lot of shapes and forms. And um, at least for me, it's felt that way. Um, I mean, one thing we didn't talk about about, but that I had thought about is like, I also felt like some of the burnout I experienced in some of, in some career related stuff came from, um, frankly, working as a woman in a lot of male dominated Mm -hmm. places. I feel like I've definitely burnt out in terms of trying, like, you know, it's not so much about like, oh, like you hear like lean in. It's like, I do lean in. I do speak up, but like, I still get shot down or I still get sidelined or, um, you still get stuck in these kind of like toxic like masculine heavy like environments and I agree that definitely starts to like I felt burnout for that where it's like I just like a battle just like yeah like it it's very it can become a big turnoff and like really discouraging because you're like nothing I do like even when I try I get not only like maybe sometimes sidelined but sometimes actually like I feel like it makes it worse if I speak up for yeah. it like it's better if I'm a quiet person at work, but then you get told if you're too quiet, like, oh, like you're not confident or you're too like, you need to be more of a leader. And I'm like, well, it's just, it seems to be a very fine line between the two and always having to, to be the voice that like talks about that at work or brings it up can be very exhausting. And I've definitely felt that. Um, Anyways, I I completely
1: agree. And I feel like I know that's like a topic in itself, but um, yeah, I think it's much easier said than done especially when you work in very intense pressures where you're one of the only person who can even pick that battle. And then when you do pick that battle, then you become like the crying wolf in a way where it's like, oh, everything's gonna be about like not offending you or this and that. But I completely agree. It's a battle in itself and it only adds to it, especially because there's no one you can turn to for support at that point, which can just make the situation worse. Because I think part of the reasoning, at least for me, I don't know how you felt, and I think if there were enough voices in the room that looked like me or that were like me, then I think, I don't think I would have felt as pressured to say something or do something, or I didn't think I would have felt like the impact of someone shutting me down for pointing it out, because I oh, feel yeah. like there have been enough people to back me up. So.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've very frequently been, um, the only woman in the room and it's harder to get that point across because, um, yeah. Um, yeah it's it's just if you have more people who are aware of it like i think there's a lot of people who just aren't aware of the issue either or they don't think they're contributing they're like oh no we support women or we are like we treat women just the same as we treat men and um you know when you're like well actually i don't really think that that's true um (laughs) then it it gets very hairy very quickly and it's like why am i sticking my neck out when this is clearly not going to help me in any way like it's just going to make things worse for me because Um, I don't know that's how I felt in a lot of situations and I think that's something else like there's a lot of talk about diversity and inclusion and I still think it's pretty shocking how there's a lot of pockets that still um, and this is I don't want to say for everywhere or everything like that I do think you know it probably depends on where you live where you work where like whatever within Mm you blah 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 but it's shocking to me how like much and how exhausting that is like To not only are you working like maybe a tough job or a stressful job or and you've got like a family at home You have to take care of and you've got to like run errands and you've got to do this that and the other thing But on top of it, I need to like fight extra hard because like you don't treat women and men equally is like really frustrating And has definitely led to burnout for me. Um Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I just No, I I
1: completely agree. (laughs) Um, even like since you mentioned the other aspect even coming to Ohio which coming back from like really big metropolitan cities, even like Chicago and New York, which are so much more diverse. And I think just so much more open to different things in general, even outside of like um, just color and gender coming to Ohio and being in middle suburbia where every other, not every other, like literally every house around me is this uh, upper middle class white family that I think even just being brown itself and being like a single right now is more like being shown out to me in so many ways. But I think all of those things just add on to it as Mm -hmm. in like, oh, you're different in so many ways. But and and something I didn't think about it because I've always been in large cities, but like in Ohio, I feel like it gets called out. And especially um, even just with the recent politics where Ohio was one of the center state Mm -hmm. states. But I think that, like, has definitely added to the burnout of just being, like, pointed out that I'm different in so many ways, and I feel like it's been a battle yeah. to call out some of these things and to do so in an effective manner that I can be heard, uh, especially because I was trying to be really involved in election, but something I didn't think about it until
0: you just pointed it out. Yeah, this, this election cycle, I mean, not to get political, but, like, <laughs> no matter what side you were on was exhausting. <laughs> Very. It was very exhausting. <laughs> I couldn't safely say that. At least, um, cool. Well, this has been an awesome discussion. Um, I always like to end my chats with just moving on to like a more light-hearted note of like anything um, interesting or fun that you've been reading, listening to, or watching that you want to share. Um, or if nothing, that's fine too. But.
1: Um. So the stuff I'm reading is pretty boring, so I won't share that. But as you know, I'm a big I'm Chris sure Evans not, it's fan. It's
0: actually not boring, so I'm going to push back and say I don't.
1: I think it's about trading right now on Wall Street, because I was like, not finally that I can trade. I picked up some books on it, so I'm like actually embarrassed to mention that. But the one I do want to share, because I'm a big Chris Evans fan, and I, I watched through, I think the Marvel series way too many times that I like to admit I recently dec- uh, discovered Defending Jacob on Apple TV. It's like a short series of like six or eight episodes. Mm-hmm. I watched them through in like three days, which for me is a lot because I don't watch a lot of TV, but it was for sevens, And I think he looked more gorgeous than ever with dark hair. Uh, but it's highly recommended. It's based on a book that they changed some stuff, including, now I don't want to give it away, but I was frustrated by the ending. But I, I can't talk about it because I want you to watch it. I don't know if you watched it,
0: Charlotte. But... I've not watched it yet, so no spoilers.
1: But I'll, I'll add so no it. No spoilers, but watch it. Yeah, um,
0: even if
1: even if, if, if it's just for Chris Evans, I think it's worth it.
0: Um, cool. I yeah, I've not, I haven't watched it yet, but I'll add it. Um, to my uh to my list. Um, last night I watched a new movie, uh, called The Little Things that just came out on HBO. Max? I watched
1: it too last
0: night. (laughs) Oh, we got to talk about this. Okay. So we're not going to spoil it on this podcast, but like I really actually, after we stop recording, I'm going to (laughs) go and chat with you about the ending (laughs) because I have a lot of thoughts. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought it was, it was fun. I think um, some of the reviews I read after were a little bit more, I think, negative than how I felt. I expected. Yeah. Um, But I watched that. And then I also, I'm a little late to this but i recently just watched episode one of the americans which is a show that like has already ended and came out several years ago but i've never seen it and my dad actually was really recommending it to me so i started it today and oh my god i'm so excited i like can't wait to watch the rest of the season it's really good um okay i'm gonna have to watch so-
1: this i do want to talk about the little things because i went on a hike um earlier today, and I was freaked out because of the
0: movie. Yeah, the movie, it really gets to you. Um, Yes. Well, anyways, on that note, we'll wrap it up so Jelpa and I can talk offline about uh, (laughs) the little things without spoiling the ending. But I will say it has Denzel Washington, who's awesome, um, and I forget the other actors. Jared
1: Leto, and then uh, Remy Malik, because I had to read up on the (laughs) actors.
0: Very good. It was great. So we'll end it there, but thanks so much, Yelpa, for joining me. Um, I think, like, I'm really happy we got to talk about this because it's an important topic. And I know we've tried to to schedule this a couple of times, and we both (laughs) each mutually, for different reasons going on in our life, had to, like, push the date back because we were so overwhelmed with the things going on (laughs) in our life. And I think that in and of itself is a testament to how important this topic is um, and that I wish more people would speak up speak about um so yeah so thanks everyone for joining me um love to hear your thoughts and you can always subscribe to the newsletter online at uh, walletstreet.squarespace.com and then we're also this will be on apple Podcasts and on spotify so you can subscribe there Um, cool thanks everyone bye everyone